everyone wants tons and tons of followers, but if you have tons of followers who like don't really care about you that much, it's not worth as much as having just a thousand people who love what you do. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts, learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the last episode of Season 8 of the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. Today's episodes are a tad different from my usual episodes. Instead of focusing on cat exploring, we're diving into the wonderful world of social media. But before we do that, we would like to say a big thank you to our amazing co-producers for this season. That's Millie and Kelvin, Barbara Maverick, Ziggy and Charlie, Mac, Luna Misty Blue, Adami and Roxy the Kitty. Thank you so much to all the amazing producers for this season of the Cat Explorer podcast. We're so grateful for you. Many of us have a social media profile for our cats, be it on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Reddit, Twitter, anywhere really. And we know that a lot of you are interested in how to manage your cat's social media profiles. So we've been on the lookout for someone who's an expert in both social media and social media for pets. And that's where Tori Mystic fits in. Tori is the brains behind Wear Wag Repeat. She's a pro when it comes to pets, blogging and social media and even podcasting. That's actually how Tori and I first connected. And I was so excited to record this episode with her back in August 2020. In this chat, Tori shares all about what social media to use, how to grow your accounts, how to get sponsored deals and so much more. We were blown away by all the tips Tori shared. Without further ado, here's our chat with Tori. Welcome to the podcast, Tori. Hi there. How are you doing, guys? Oh, great. Thank you. So tell us about Wag Repeat and how it all started. Well, my business is called Wear Wag Repeat. And when I, when I first started it, the tagline that went along with that was, I wear it, they wag it, and then we repeat. Because I was really into fashion and I still still like fashion, but back then I was like really into it. And when I started my social media and my blog, it was a lot of outfit photos of me, but just with my dogs in them. And I didn't see a lot of other quote unquote influencers doing that at the time. And um, I figured I would com- kind of combine my two passions of style and fashion and parties and things like that with dogs. And I knew that there were other people out there in the world who also had a passion for pets and a passion for style. I wasn't the only one. <laughs> and I knew since I was into fashion, there was a lot of supermodels who had dogs and fashion designers had dogs. And I just thought this would be such a cool little niche to go after. Um, And so I started doing my blog. And what I found out was that all the pet posts got way more comments and way more interaction on my blog. Um, This was back when people used to actually comment on blogs, (laughs) which doesn't happen as much anymore. But back then I would get like tons of pet bloggers coming and commenting on my blog on those posts, whereas the fashion posts was kind of like crickets. Even though I was hustling and trying to interact with the fashion community, it just wasn't as welcoming as the pet community. And over the years, I, I kind of figured that out and fine-tuned 
what I do and kind of pivoted here and there. And now it's really hardly any fashion at all, (laughs) even though I still do love getting dressed up and I do a lot of photo shoots with my dogs. Now it's more about showing off where we're going, tricks that I've trained them to do, um, public art around our city and our travels and going on, on, going on travels with them and that kind of stuff. So it's been a really fun journey. I've been doing this for like seven years or so. And um, as of 2019, I went full time with it. Wow, that's just awesome. And I love that you shifted your niche as well from entrepreneurship side of things. That's pretty cool. Um, So one of the main reasons we wanted to speak to you was mainly because of your experience in the social media and pet space. And majority of our community do have social media accounts for their pets, while others prefer to just keep their own personal accounts. And personally, I think that's a personal preference. But why, from your perspective, why do you think people create social media accounts for their pets? And what are your thoughts on the pros and cons? So I, I, I'm in a lot of different groups and communities on Instagram and Facebook and just all over the place. And even talking to people in person out in public, um, if we're allowed to go in public ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I hear... From the, you know, there's there's a couple of different like categories of people. Some people, they just want to have an account that's dedicated to their pet just to get a lot of likes because they think their pet is the cutest pet in the whole entire world. And everyone should see it and they should just get a lot of likes. And that's all they're after. And that's totally fine. They're happy doing that and and interacting and getting engagement just to get like that boost of, you know, people interacting with them. Then there's other people I think who are trying to maybe find a community, which I think a lot of your audience is into. That's what me and a lot of my friends are into. We want to build like a community and and meet friends and find other people who share our passion for our pets to do things together. Um, And so that's kind of like somewhere in the middle. And then there's also people who want to become professional pup fluencers or cat fluencers or ferret fluencers or or whatever it is that their pet is, um, they want to kind of, um, you know, turn it into a profitable career. So I think there's, there's a huge spectrum of where you can be in this like pet social media passion. Yeah, definitely. And I think you can shift where you are in that passion as well over time as well. Like for example, when I first started our cat's Instagram account, it was literally because I knew that my friends wouldn't want to see their photos constantly on my own personal socials. And I wanted a way to like track their growth and remember those memories of when they were kittens and the funny things they do. And now it's kind of become, it's kind of transitioned a little bit more, but there are so many social media platforms now, like there's Instagram, there's Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn. I heard about another pet social media app the other day. I think the list is just growing. If someone's interested in creating a social media presence for their pet, should they be on all of them or should they pick and choose? And how should they pick? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think it can be really overwhelming. Personally, since my presence online is kind of my business, I am sort of everywhere. (laughs) Not everywhere, but I, I do like to claim my account name at least at a minimum everywhere just in case things shift, like you said, and all of a sudden, um, 
nobody's using Facebook and everyone's on Instagram and then nobody's on Instagram and everyone's on TikTok. It's a good idea um, when new social media networks pop up to just go and claim your name just so that you have it because um, if it ends up becoming the next hot thing and someone already has your name, it's going to be kind of a bummer. So I would recommend that that's kind of like a little tip (laughs) um, to just claim your username in different places. Um, And then in terms of deciding what you're going to use, I don't think that you have to necessarily use like whatever is the hot thing. Um, You have to use what makes sense for you. And that's where I think it, it becomes important to consider what your goals are. So it's, you know, if your goal is just to have people like your pet, um, you know, then it, it's probably a good idea to be on Instagram or TikTok. If your goal is to drive traffic to your website or to something like that, then Pinterest is a really great outlet for that. If your goal is more like community oriented, then Facebook is a really good place for that. So it just kind of depends on on what you want to get out of it, because I think they all have like their own different benefits. Um, what's great about Instagram and TikTok is that you can connect with people. Everything is like very democratic and very equal. So like whether you're a brand or a cat or a person or whatever, everyone's account has like the same level of privileges and you can go like other people's things. And it's a very two way street. What I don't really like about Facebook is that it's not really a two way street. Like you can't really interact with someone unless they've come and liked your page or unless they're in your group or something like that. Um, and then, and then Pinterest, I don't even consider that social media because I, it's more of like a search engine. And, um, I, I put a lot of time into pinning things to it and it drives a ton of traffic to my site, but I don't really spend a lot of time on there interacting with other people. Completely agree with you. And I think also a big part of it is also where you're comfortable as well. So for example, I'm, I'm with you on Facebook. Sometimes it just, it annoys me because I can't interact as much with people there. And um, so, but we can interact really well with our community. Like we have a Facebook group for our community, but we also find that we can interact with our community really well on Instagram. So I will spend more time on Instagram and focus on that because it's easier to communicate with our community And like you said, it really just depends on our goals as well. So talking about goals, what should we what should we be focusing on when it comes to our pets social media and how do we choose what to post where? Yeah, so so I think it's just really up to everyone individually. Like if you are trying to make a business that's related to your pet you're going to do things a little bit differently. You want to have kind of a little bit of a content strategy in mind where you're consistently telling people, not in every post, but like on a consistent basis, telling them what your business does, what you sell or what service you provide or what have you. And, you know, that that should be something that you're consistently posting. If it's just for fun and you just want to connect with people, you know, you can also have some kind of a system and a plan behind it, but you don't have to take it too seriously. And even if you are a business, there's been such a shift happening in social media to just not take things so seriously. And I think that this year in 2020, that really kind of got pushed even further because at least here in the United States, all of the 
um, TV shows and everything, all the movies and talk shows and news and everything was shut down. And so everyone was broadcasting from their homes. So like all of our late night TV show hosts that usually have like these big theaters and these fancy graphics and lighting and makeup and like fancy guests with beautiful dresses, they were all shooting from their living room with like their toddler in the background, like pulling gum out of their hair. <laughs> and I, that was actually been one of my favorite parts of this year because it just took everything down to like a very real relatable level. And it was interesting. A lot of these like people from, from big TV networks, their productions were worse than like YouTube stars because people are at home creating YouTube videos and getting creative and getting scrappy and crafty and figuring out what lighting works for them. And these like big production studios are kind of spoiled and having everything done for them. And so it's been kind of just cool this year to see like a lot of the power has been put back into like individuals and user generated content. And I think that like the big TV and movie studios are probably a little bit afraid because people spend more time on social media than they do watching TV and movies. And I think one of the points here is that about what, where to post things is down to what it is and you know, the, like you said, what the outcome that you want out of it is. Because if you had this beautiful cinematic video that you've shot where your cat's gone into the mountains, you're hiking on the trails and all that, and it, it's majestic, it's grand, it probably fits better on, say, YouTube if it's like a 10-minute clip as opposed to trying to put that on Instagram or something. But if you've got some beautiful photos, it'd work better on an Instagram or something as opposed to YouTube. So it's it is about picking the the medium and the platforms, and there's so many now, so that it's just yeah. you know, setting it up right, being a bit strategic, like you mentioned, if if that's what you're looking for, to try and pick the pick the medium that suits the content the best. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think especially with YouTube, um, I have an Apple TV that connects to my TV, and I watch YouTube videos on my TV, so I can see them on a huge, you know, high definition screen. So if you're if you're making a beautiful, you know, cat exploring video or or whatever it is that you're creating, putting it on YouTube is a great idea because people can watch it on a bigger screen. You can also post like a little trailer or behind the scenes or a still from it on different social media platforms, depending on what it's what's you know, what fits. Um, the, the problem is that I run into all the time is the the format, the orientation and like the aspect ratio for all of these things, just to get like a bit technical here. Um, you know, a lot of like TikTok and Instagram, you know, they are very heavily reliant on vertical videos. And um, if you're going to publish to YouTube, obviously, you want to have a horizontal video. So that's just like, something to keep in mind. I um, always, whenever I'm creating content, I always kind of make a little shot list. Like I write down a list of what I want to get um, with like the end product in mind. And I'll make sure that I get a square or a vertical or a landscape or whatever it is so that then I'll have options when I'm ready to create it and publish it. That's a really interesting way to approach it. I think um, that's a great way to plan it all through. Do you ever find that you missed something from your shot list? So, for example, you've got the square, but you didn't get the vertical. Do you do anything to convert the square into a vertical um, aspect ratio? 
Well, you know what? It's like sometimes even like the iPhone camera is not quite as um, narrow as an Instagram story. Um, so even if I take a video vertically on my phone, sometimes the sides get chopped off on Instagram stories. So I'm always just really mindful of that. I give like way more room on things and then you can always crop in and zoom in later. Yeah, exactly. I've, I'm like just even just thinking about the Cat Explorer podcast because we, I create content for all those different, um, avenues and platforms and converting the content from the certain different aspect ratios that actually takes quite a bit of time it does well do you use canva for your graphics or do you use like illustrator i use both so there are some that i do on illustrator there are some that i do on premiere pro and there's some that i do on canva so Mm -hmm. it's um i'm more comfortable using the adobe suite so that's like photoshop illustrator and things like that because i've been using that for years yeah canva is a great tool Canva has become um, like what I rely on (laughs) so much uh, for graphics because even though I also have the Adobe suite and have been using it for years, I've just become, I think, lazy (laughs) and I can just go in Canva and just, you know, change around my templates and it's all in the cloud and it's just, it makes it really easy, but they do have like that little magical, um, you know, tool to change the sizing, change the dimensions. And even when you do that, you still have to like reconfigure everything. So, um, you know, making, making things all these different dimensions is, um, you know, it's a lot harder than people realize. For those who aren't familiar, can you just give a brief introduction to what Canva is and as well as Illustrator and Premiere Pro and those software uh, platforms? Yeah, so Canva is um, a really great free tool, but there's also a paid version if you want more settings, but the free version is very comprehensive and it's just um, web-based. So you don't have to download anything to your computer and you can use it to create um, social media graphics, Instagram stories graphics. Now they have a capability to do videos and export things as GIFs. So they're always adding new features and What I love about it is that it has a lot of templates. So if you type in, I want to make a Facebook group cover, it knows already what the industry standard dimensions are for that. So you don't have to go Googling it and and figuring it out on your own. Um, And they're always updating it, which is great. So if you want to make an Instagram post or you want to make an Instagram story, it has all those sizes pre-saved. And it even has like really beautifully designed templates that you can use. And you can just put your own photos. You can change out the text, the font, the colors. You can add in your own logo. You can do whatever you want. Um, And it's very... I think that it's very user friendly. Um, The more like professional end of software would be the Adobe suite. And so that comes with Photoshop, which, you know, people are always like, is that picture photoshopped? (laughs) Um, That's kind of what Photoshop is famous for (laughs) is manipulating images. Um, But it's really great for that. I'm I'm most comfortable uh, out of the Adobe programs, I'm most comfortable in Photoshop. And so I edit most of my photos 
in there. Um, there's also a program called Lightroom, which is really great for editing photos and getting really beautiful lighting effects. Um, Illustrator is probably more comparable to Canva where you can like lay out designs. And then um, there's Premiere. And I, I, I have something called Rush, which I think is just like the baby version of Premiere, um, which is for video editing. And um, and it's what's nice about all these programs now is they're also cloud-based. So um, that that's just kind of like an extra little bonus. And what I tend to do is I just create a template in each of those programs for all the different things that I need so I can just shift things in. It's That's partly why I don't use Canva as much as I probably could is because I've already got the templates set up. It's like wherever, wherever you have the templates is like where you're going to stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once you've got those templates set up, you're not moving. <laughs> <laughs> so Cat Explorers, we're, like I've said, we're mostly active on Instagram because that's where we found our community. And prior to our chat today, I actually went to our Instagram community and asked them what questions they had about their pets' social media. And we had some really interesting questions come up. And a big theme was privacy. So one of one aspect of that was the privacy of the people behind the accounts, as well as their privacy and safety in terms of where they live and their location. Mm-hmm. So a common question or a thought process was, should we share about our humans on our pet social media? And I suppose connected to that is what are the pros and cons of sharing about yourself on your pet social media and how much should we share? This is such an interesting topic and it's something that I don't think about that often because I think I'm so like out there on the internet. (laughs) Um, But there are things like, you know, that I do, which now that I think about it, I am, you know, trying to be safe. Um, Like safety is most important to me. I'm not too concerned about, you know, privacy of, um, you know, what I do and who I am and that kind of stuff. But I am very careful of privacy when it comes to safety. Like I don't really want people to know my address or my phone number or things like that. Um, so when I am taking photos for social media of, of me and my dogs, I take a lot of photos near my house and around my house. Um, I'm just very careful. I never put my house number in the photos. So if I take pictures like near my front door, which my front door is very distinctive because it's hot pink. (laughs) So I suppose you could drive around and look for the pink door and and figure it out. But um, I'm always very careful not to put my house numbers in the photo for one. Um, I also am very careful not to ever have my license plate number on my car in the photos just to be cautious. Um, But other than that, I um, am pretty open about where I go. Um, I know I'm not a cat explorer, but I am a dog explorer. Um, And I'm pretty open about that. And and one of the reasons why is um, people are always asking me, I get, um, if I don't tell people where I am, I'll get a million DMs asking, where is that? What park are you at? What trail is that? What restaurant is that? What street are you on? Because um, people really want to know. And um, for me, I don't, I don't want to like be selfish and keep a really great place a secret. I want to tell people about it. Um, but, you know, if, if you do want to be kind of careful about it, you could take those photos or videos and then hold on to them and save them and post them a few days later or a week later. Um, I I do frequently post um, stories 
in the moment when I'm at places, but sometimes I'll hold on to them later, especially if I'm traveling. I might hold on to them just so that people don't know I'm out of town or something like that. Um, you know, I, I think it is good to be cautious. Um, you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be stupid, <laughs> basically, <laughs> to put it bluntly. <laughs> um, but in terms of, you know, the advantages of putting the person on your account, I think it's a huge advantage. People will feel so much more connected to your account and to your pets if they can just have a mental picture of like who you are. Um, and just like, you know, if they've seen your face or heard your voice or seen you on Instagram stories, they're going to feel so much more connected to you. Um, because, you know, as much as we love all the pets and every pet that we follow on Instagram, it is a little bit difficult to differentiate because there's just so many amazing pets that we all follow. So if you can kind of add yourself in there and give a little bit of a story, um, maybe share the story of how your cat came into your life. People love hearing those kinds of, you know, that's like a personal story, but it's not like uh, an invasion of privacy kind of a story, um, depending on how your cat came in your life, I guess. Um, but you know, I, th I think there's a huge perk and I notice at least in the, in the niche that I'm in, there's hardly any dog bloggers that feature the dog mom as prominently on their account as I do. And there's been a few more who have popped up like in the last year, but for a long time, there was like hardly anyone who featured the person. And I I feel like I booked a lot more sponsored campaigns because a lot of brands want to have a person and a dog um, instead of just a dog in a sponsored post or something like that. So, so those are, those are some of the reasons why I think it's good to include yourself a little bit. I like your tips there about protecting your privacy and how, how you say that it's probably a good thing to have the human on as within reason. And I suppose at the end of the day, as long as you're comfortable with it. So you've got to be comfortable with doing that. And we are all curious creatures. And so mm -hmm. we really do want to find out more about the person behind the photo, behind the video. And yeah, some and people, some people online are pretty relentless about it, but at the end of the day, you've got to be comfortable with it and do it that in a way that would suit you. And that, you know, it doesn't compromise any of your security or safety and, still allows you to be interactive with the community and the other people and, and just have a good time. Like you should enjoy it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think that um, you just made me think of another thing that like, you know, our relationship with our pets is so special because like we have this amazing love for them. And so if you can somehow like share that story or share, um, you know, your side of things with your audience of why you love your pet and just like show yourself and tell it in your own words, then they're going to love your pet even more than they already do. Uh, and if you're, if you're in this to get like a lot of likes and get a lot of love, then that would be a good way to do that. Yeah, I agree. And, and like for those, so Daniel and I are pretty open. We're pretty introverted. We're pretty shy. Like I think from our friends, a lot of them, we can, we can sit through a conversation and not say much. So when we first started Lumos and Noxie's account, as well as Cat Explorer's account, I was so reluctant to share about us because I was like, one, we're not that interesting, to be completely honest. <laughs> and, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and then the other side of it is also just that 
uh, what do we share about ourselves and things like that. And you're right, what we ended up sharing was our relationship with our cats and how they interact with us. And and as with Cat Explorer, it's just been about um, our experiences with cat exploring and things like that. But it does come with some drawbacks. Like, so, for example, we're recording this in August 2020, and I'm currently 32, 33 weeks pregnant. And we really um, debated when we would share that news on social media. And um, we had to do it a bit earlier than expected because... <laughs> Because of what was going on with COVID, I was doing videos and it became very clear that I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I should probably say something about this. But it has, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's resulted in, like, so, like, we've been really grateful for the well wishes and the support that we've received as well. But then also sometimes you do get the curly questions that sometimes you're just like, I don't really know how to respond to this. Um, usually from people that you might not have interacted with before. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the first couple of times it happened, I was just like, oh, that's not something I was planning to share about. But okay, if you're interested in it, I will share about it. Um, and but I think now sometimes I- you can tell if someone is like genuinely interested or if they're just asking just to be nosy. <laughs> um, and you can kind of base your response off that. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, I've kind of gotten a bit better at doing that. But I think it's like, for example, we could have not shared about that pregnancy. I think we would have probably waited a bit longer had I not been doing those videos, which made it pretty obvious. But um, I think it's just you just need to think about those. If you're going to be sharing about those parts of your life, you just need to think about those a little bit more. Like, So, for example, we're not sure when we'll share about the birth. We'll see how we go. And we might keep it a couple of weeks. We might share about it straight away. We'll just see how we feel at the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, like here's another funny story just about social media and personal lives and everything. Like I, I never really share um, like my dating life at all on Instagram. I consider that to be a little bit taboo for Instagram because I'm like my family is what follows me. Like <laughs> my like you know cousins all over the world fought like it's just like there's too many people I've got like 42,000 people following me on Instagram so I don't really share anything about my dating life but then recently I've been getting more into TikTok and um and kind of started doing a couple of videos about choosing dogs over dudes or dogs before dudes (laughs) and they've really taken off and people really like them and I've um, kind of found a way to make it apply to my niche, um, you know, because I always felt like, well, talking about my dating life has nothing to do with dogs, but when I can kind of like spin it around to be a little bit more of like dogs before dudes, and this is why I'm not dating anybody, <laughs> um, then it, then I think it kind of, it, it becomes like a, a value add instead of just like adding more noise to the world. Um, because So one of the things I am really passionate about is encouraging women to go out to things, even if they don't have someone to go with them because they can take their dog or their cat with them. I think so many women just are paralyzed by like social anxiety and and won't go to things if they don't have a friend to go with them or a boyfriend to go with them. And I... I don't have a boyfriend and oftentimes I can't get any friends to go with me to things. So I love being able to take my dogs. And actually over the past couple of years, I've met so many friends through that, you know, just by saying, Hey, do you want to meet up with the dogs places? It gives people like 
a really good excuse or say, hey, do you want to meet up with the cats at this place? Um, it gives people more incentive and I think they're more excited to meet up with you. So so that's kind of how I've I've worked um, my personal life in, a, in an unexpected way. And I, I never thought I would be really sharing about like um, being, you know, single dog mom over here. <laughs> but um, TikTok is just like sl- a slightly different audience. And I think different content, um, I'm discovering different content performs better over there and like more personal stories perform better over there. I completely agree there. See, on that part, so as a part of Cat Explorer, I've been really lucky to meet other Cat Explorers who live relatively close to us here in Sydney. And I know a lot of our community has been able to do that in their own cities as well. But like we've just mentioned, sometimes sharing your location details on social media, it also opens you up to those concerns about privacy and your safety. And I'm going to focus on Cat Explorers in this example, but do you have any suggestions on how our community could connect to other cat explorers in their area or their city while protecting their privacy? Yeah, definitely. And I think whether you have a cat or a dog or a, a ferret or a potbelly pig or whatever <laughs> pet you want to take around, it, the same kind of things apply. And this is actually a good segue because it's very much like online dating. <laughs> Um, you know, just be careful of, um, telling people too much information. Um, sometimes it's good to, to get their name and maybe do a little Google search, make sure they're a real person. Um, and, and see, you know, make sure obviously that you're following them on some kind of social media so that you can kind of see what their cat looks like. And this is a good reason why I think it's good to post a picture of yourself from time to time, because if you are going to be meeting up with people, then they'll know what you look like. And it won't be as awkward or scary to go meet up with new friends in person because you'll kind of have an idea of who you're looking for. Um, But, you know, if you are if you are more cautious and concerned about privacy, something that you can do is set up a Google Voice number where you can have a free mobile number and how you can communicate with people on that without having to give them like your own personal mobile number. So that's, that's kind of a nice thing that you can do. Um, and obviously meet up in public places. So yeah, the first time that you meet up, you probably don't want to go for a hike in the woods on a deserted trail or something like that. That would be kind of dangerous. I would recommend that you meet up with someone in urban public place like a cafe or maybe there's like a little um, park in your city where there's other people around and um, and I'd probably meet up during the daytime and what you know a really fun way to do this if you're just going to be like meeting up with new cat exploring friends for the first time is to like put a little group together and have a little meetup so it's not just one-on-one but instead see if you can get um, you know three or four or even like 20 people together and have like a little meetup. That's a great idea. Another point is you could tell someone else that say, say a friend that you're going to do this meetup just to, and then get them to check in with you after a couple of hours, just in case. Yeah, that's a, that's a great suggestion. And then, you know, you, you just made me think you could also be posting on your Instagram stories saying, Hey, I'm going to meet up with all these cat exploring friends. Um, I'm excited, you know, tag all of their accounts and your stories so that like, not even just a friend, but like the whole world will know who you're with and where you are. <laughs> That's a really good idea like that. So talking about social media, let's shift back to Instagram. Um, a question we get a lot from our community is, 
what techniques, filters, look or feel, captions, etc., that they should be using on their Instagram accounts, on their feed, in their stories, in their IGTV, in their reels. I think I could go on. <laughs> that would make their accounts more successful. I have a few thoughts on this topic, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts? Okay, I'll go first, but then I want to hear what you have to say too. Um, so I think that like what I was saying earlier, just like being authentic, I think is the number one best thing to do. But keeping that in mind, you do want to have, you know, a well-composed photo with good lighting and in focus and those kinds of things. There's a couple of just like photo basics that I recommend to people. Um, lighting is, is one of the most important things. So if you're outside, you want to make sure that the sun is um, in the eyes of your subject so that your cat is like looking at the sun rather than having the sun behind their head unless you're a really experienced photographer and you can you know work wonders with your but like most of us I would put the sun behind your head so that you're getting nice bright light on your pet's face and that's going to instantly take your photos from a three to an eight <laughs> it's, that's a huge step up um, another thing that I would recommend is to get down on your pet's level so if you're taking a lot of photos from like five or six feet up at your height, however tall you are, um, you know, they're going to kind of all look the same and they're not going to be as interesting. But if you lie down on the ground or put your cat up on a high surface, then you'll get kind of different angles and, and the photos will be more interesting. Um, in terms of, of filters, I, you know, I, I like things that are bright and, and light and white, but like the trend seems right now to have, have that are like dark and moody and my feed right now is very dark and moody so you know I think it just depends my I used to take a ton of photos in front of murals and really colorful backdrops and that's really suited like the light bright white editing style but now um, I just don't take photos in those locations as much anymore it's more like lifestyle photos that I take and we have a lot a lot more moody kind of edit um you know, the most important thing probably, you know, you can throw all this advice out the window because the most important thing is just be consistent, I would say. Um, so I'm not going to post a dark, moody photo today and then post like a light, bright Technicolor one tomorrow because my followers are going to be like, wait, whose account is this? I thought I thought that this was Tori's account, but like it looks totally different. Like, what did she do? Um, and not in a good way. <laughs> so, um so it, there's really nothing that's like the best is it all comes down to your preference, but just be consistent. And if you want to change your style, I would just kind of do it gradually and maybe like work in different style of photos gradually over time until you get it looking how you want it. I completely agree. And I think a lot of it also comes back to what your goal is and what your aim is for the Instagram account as well. And also yeah. yourself and your cat or dog. So, for example, um, Lumos and Noxy are white cats. So, uh, the for example, the filters that we use, we use those because it suits white cats. And um, back in the day before we were sheltering in place because of COVID, we were doing a lot of cat exploring. So, a lot of our photos depicted that because that's what we were doing in our lives at that time. But now we've been spending so much time indoors I've been taking more photos indoors, so that's kind of changed the color scheme and things like that. I think when it comes to stories and 
reels and things like that I think a lot of things that people like are stuff that they can interact with as well as like it's important to be able to interact with something that's on your feed as well but like Instagram has some great tools in terms of you can do polls you can do questions you can do so many different things in your stories now that I think if you try and play around with those I think it's a great way to interact with others yeah I'm so glad you mentioned that because I wasn't even thinking down that road but yes um making your Instagram stories interactive is some it's like a missed opportunity I think for a lot of people because it's like that extra step um you know you it might require you to sit down and kind of like plan ahead what you're going to say in your stories or what you're going to which photos and videos you're going to publish in which sequence um but if you can post it in a way where it's like a beginning, a middle, and an end, you can ask people a couple of poll questions like, do you like, um, th- or does your does your cat like tuna? <laughs> and people, you can have the, you know, the answer is yes or no. And then on the next slide or next story, it could say, for those of you who answered yes, I just made a new, new cat using tuna and then the next story can be like swipe up to get the recipe so if you if you kind of plan it out a little bit more like that you can make it interactive and like more strategic yes exactly so we've kind of talked we spoke a little bit about like things like Lightroom Canva etc but do you have any other apps that you'd suggest people use for things like um, photos and video editing and things like that yeah, my favorite um, like mobile app for photo editing is a color story. And, um, you know, I think, like we said, it's just kind of like whatever program you're comfortable with is what you keep using. <laughs> and for me, it's a color story. But I uh, and, they, and they're always improving it. And what I like about it is that it is. Um, created by bloggers and photographers um, who own the app. It's a woman-owned app, which is nice too. Um, Canva's also a woman-owned company. I think she's from Australia, right? Yes, she's from Melbourne. Yeah. Well, so um, whenever you can support a women-owned business, I always like to do that. Um, So I like a color story. And then um, there's a really fun app called PixArt, P-I-C-S. ART and it has just a lot of really fun like stickers and things and I've seen people do like really cool effects um they're honey I dress the pug I don't know if you follow Maitri and and her pug Ari they live in New York City and she posts seriously like the cutest photos ever and she uses PixArt a lot um one photo that I loved of hers was she and Ari were both blowing bubbles like with bubble gum but she did it in pixar they had like a little bubble gum sticker and she adjusted the adjusted the opacity and it looked like very realistic <laughs> um and it was super super cute um so so that's something fun to play with and then for video editing you know everyone who's getting into reels and tiktok and those kind of things getting accustomed to the editing software that's built into reels and tiktok can be a little bit confusing. So I actually edit a lot of my videos outside of those apps. I use some another app called Splice, which I just find to be a lot more intuitive and just a lot more like if, like fine detail adjustments are a lot easier to make and I can I can edit and rearrange clips whereas in Instagram Reels or in TikTok like once you shoot it like that's the order it's in. <laughs> um so I use Splice a lot and then I'll just upload it and add music and all that kind of stuff. Now, with all this 
editing and with all these photos that we're taking, the videos, I assume the most popular question you probably get is, how do I grow my account with with all these photos and videos that I'm taking so that it's, you know, blows up? What are your suggestions on that? Yeah, so that people like see the stuff that you've spent hours and hours making. <laughs> um, so, so one piece of advice that I would give um, is to figure out whatever the new feature is that these apps are promoting. So, like we're talking about Instagram Reels is, um, you know, still pretty new, and when that came out. I noticed a change in the design and the layout of the Instagram app. So it used to be that stories were all over the place. You would swipe up in your feed and there would be like a row of stories every few posts and stories, like if you searched a hashtag, stories were really prominent. And if you went on the explore page, there'd be like stories buried in there as well. Well, the minute that reels came out, reels were everywhere. Um, and now reels are on the explore page and reels are on hashtag search pages and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they're really, really promoting reels. So, um, you know, not, not to say that stories aren't, aren't good to do, but if you can kind of jump on the bandwagon of doing reels, whatever is new is what Instagram is going to like push out there into the world on your behalf with more enthusiasm than anything else. <laughs> so like it was the same thing. I think when IGTV was new, it was the same thing. Um, if you did some IGTVs um, back, like when it first launched, you could have gotten thousands and thousands and thousands of views and you still can. Um, but when the features are new is when you're going to get the highest amount of views and engagement because Instagram is doing a lot of work on your behalf, getting it out there in front of people. So, um, you know, I've noticed a lot of pet influencers just creating reels, um, you know, just they just dove into it and immediately within a few weeks had, you know, dozens, you know, if not like 50 plus different reels in there. And um, and they were getting tons and tons of views and engagement and followers and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you don't want to do that, <laughs> there are still like the old standby methods that will always work. There are evergreen strategies to grow your account. And that is just engagement. And, you know, I think when people hear that, it's like such a buzzword. A lot of people don't really know what they mean, what they mean by that. They just throw that word around like you need engagement. And, and what that means for me and what I think that means for pet influencers and, and cat explorers is just talking to people, just talk to people like they're real people um, and ask them questions and try to get to know them and choose a few accounts that you really want to get to know better and pretend like you're at a party or you're meeting people for the first time and ask them questions and talk to them. And, you know, if you see their post, um, you know, and, and you like the harness their cat is wearing, ask them what brand it is, how they do they like it? You know, you were thinking about getting it, but you weren't really sure about XYZ feature and just kind of get the conversation flowing. And um, that's always going to end up getting you um, really good engagement and higher quality followers. Um, I think it's important to kind of prioritize quality over quantity. Everyone wants tons and tons of followers, but if you have tons of followers who like don't really care about you that much, it's not worth as much as having just a thousand people who love what you do.
And on the topic of engagement, I think it's also important to be authentic about that and be mm-hmm. your true self. So, you know, be an extension of who you are in real life as opposed to trying to be someone that you're not or fake or ask, um, you know, questions that would be very, I suppose, in some cases invasive or like socially unacceptable. So you want to be, you know, the person that people can meet in real life and connect with and I think that helps a lot in trying to make that connection with people, build that rapport, and I I think it's just that's the way you would help to build your own following and build that community around you and people that you would connect with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, you're so right, like, in, in leaving authentic comments. Something that I see accounts doing, and I'm not sure if it's, like, an automated thing or if someone's actually typing this out, but just going to a bunch of accounts all in a row and commenting like, hey, can we be friends? Come follow me, follow my account. Like, let's be be friends. You know, it's too much. Like, you're not really adding anything. It's all about adding value um, and, and treating people, you know, with respect and showing them that you're interested they're saying not just out there asking people to follow you um that's kind of you know a little bit cheesy and you know imagine if you went to a party and were just like asking people to do favors for you the whole time (laughs) you that like you would never do that so just try to be like how you would be in real life yeah exactly and for those who want to grow their account or there are of schedule things in there are like some great apps that are out there or programs out there that you can schedule your content do you have any suggestions on apps or programs people can use yeah definitely and I would highly recommend even if you're just doing this as a hobby um, I love using these kind of scheduling planning apps because it's a great place to just organize your photos. So if you've gone and taken your photos and edited them, you can load them into your scheduling app and they're just kind of like there and ready to go. So if you have a day where you're like, I don't know what I'm going to post today, um, you might have a little stash of photos in your planning app. That's what I do. Um, so I use an app called Planally and um, it's an Instagram planning visual planner so you can actually put your photos in and drag them around and see exactly what your feed is going to look like once they're published you can also pre-write your captions in there you can also put hashtags in your first comment and have it auto post for you if you want Um, and there's a very similar program out there called later which is just later.com and um, later also does facebook and i think They might do Pinterest as well. Um, Later has like a little bit more functionality. But um, I just, once again, I just started using Planoly and I have just stayed there. I'm the same with Planoly, actually. But um, another one that I've, um, so like I said, we're expecting in August 2020. So I'm currently in in the depths of scheduling all the content for Cat Explorer to go through till March next year, which has been a big job. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, one thing that I've really liked is Facebook Creator. So that's actually created by Facebook for Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And you can go Someone in there and do it. Someone was just telling me about this. What What is Facebook Creator like? Because I actually haven't used it yet. So what I like about it is that um, this goes into the depths and the legalities of Facebook, but they have 
certain partners. So Planoly is a partner of Facebook. So if you post via Planoly, um, that's an okay thing to do. There are some apps that Facebook isn't a partner of and I don't mm-hmm. recommend using them. But I did find um, every time Facebook changed the API, so that's the coding something. Sorry, I'm not very technical there. But um, I, I, I found some problems with Planoly, so I started playing around with Facebook Creator. And it's also a scheduler. They've got it for Facebook. They've got it for Instagram. Um, what I like about it is that all your accounts are all there. So I obviously run the Cat Explorer account. I have my Cat's account. I've got the Cat Explorer podcast account. So I've juggling quite a few there. And it's gives you that option to schedule things in and they um, post straight away when you schedule them in. What it doesn't do, which Planoly does have, is it doesn't show you what they all look like at, in the grid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also what really drives me nuts about it is that sometimes it doesn't do it in chronological order. So there's oh. a bit of, yeah, like there's a bit of extra planning, especially right now where I'm organizing content You're planning for several so far in advance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes like I, I'm sure there's probably going to be times where I've, and also for those Australians, it's in US dates. So there's surely going to be times where I've stuffed stuff, de- stuff up there. But um, what I do like about it is just knowing that, for example, if Planoly has a mix up with the API for Facebook, it will still keep going and still keep posting. I do use Planoly extensively for our stories, though. I really like the setup that they've got for that. Um, but you, yeah. do have to, you have to go into post for that. So that's not something that's automatic. Yeah, but that's been nice, um, especially if I'm pl- like I talked about planning out like a little bit more of a, s- a strategic kind of stories where it's like ask the question, then it answers a question using a planner like Planoly or later for that makes that a lot easier, too. So let's shift gears a little bit and, and talk about something a little bit more serious and some people in the community are interested in, which is monetizing their social media. And so what we mean by that is, you know, one avenue is working with brands. Do you have any recommendations for people who want to monetize their accounts and how they can work with brands? Yeah, absolutely. So um, working with sponsors is a really great way to monetize your account. Um, There are so many options out there and there are so many brands out there and there's a couple of like words and terms that I would just be aware of and and be conscious of. And so one of those things would be like ambassador. Um, So you'll see a lot of people say, I'm an ambassador for X, Y, and Z, or I'm my dog or my cat is a model for for this brand or whatever. A lot of times when it's like an ambassador or a model, that means they might be gifted free products and merchandise, but probably not paid. Um, They might get an affiliate commission if someone uses their link to buy things, um, but they're not going to get paid upfront from the from the brand. So that's um, not a, not necessarily a bad thing, but just so that you know kind of the terminology of of what certain things mean. Now, if you're a like a, a partner or sponsored by if you ever see hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored, generally that means that the person has been paid. Um, however, I believe legally, even if you did get free stuff, you do have to um, you do have to disclose that. Um, but I'm not an attorney, so please consult with a professional before you take my word for it. Um, 
but if, if you do want to do sponsored stuff, the, the best way to start off is to just find the brands that you already use and already love. And they don't have to be small brands. They don't have to be big brands. They just have to be brands that you're very passionate about, that you use all the time, and that you recommend to people out in public all the time or on the internet all the time in the first place. And just go and find them on social media and start interacting with them. It's probably going to be a little bit better and easier if they're an account or a brand that does have some kind of social media presence. <laughs> um, it's going to be a little bit harder of a battle if there's somebody who doesn't use Instagram at all. They're they're not going to probably understand the value of having an Instagram influencer. So just do your research. Um, you know, maybe list down five or ten brands that you really love. And then go look around on Instagram and see what they're doing. See how active they are. You can probably tell if they work with influencers already. You can look at their tagged photos and see if anyone's posting photos um, that they're tagged in that has hashtag sponsored or hashtag ad used in it. That would be a pretty clear indicator that they work with influencers. And start interacting with them um, and, and liking posts and replying. Repl uh, replying or responding to stories and commenting on things um, and, you know, interacting with them in an authentic way. And once you feel like you've kind of, you know, opened the door a little bit and um, they might kind of like recognize your account or recognize your name a little bit, then you could send them a DM and you could just simply ask, you know, hey, I love what you guys are doing. We've We've been using this brand for this many years. I love it because X, Y, Z. Um, are you doing any sponsored campaigns in the next year? Um, if so, you know, is there someone I can reach out to about that? That's it. It's very simple, very easy. You can just send a DM that's like a couple of sentences long and just ask them, you know, who you could get in contact with. Um, and then that way you can go follow up and email someone. Um, emailing is obviously a, a lot more professional <laughs> than DMing, but you have to start somewhere. Um, and if you just want to kind of ask them who the right person to contact would be, um, they might say, it's me. And I, I also love your account. Let's email and talk and let's do something. You never know. Yeah, that's such a great way to show that you're authentic as well. So um, to put it in perspective, Caddx Laura sometimes receives about 20 pitches a day. So um, some of them are amazing. Some of them are so-so. And the ones that really stand out to me are the ones that obviously know what we do, that they're fans of what we do, and they've obviously been paying attention to what we do. And they actually show me what they can do for Cat Explorer. So yes. I – the ones that they're like, oh, we just want something free or we just want to be on your podcast. But they don't tell me this is how we can help you out as well. I kind of am less likely to go ahead with them as a collaboration. And we've also had situations where now as a minimum, I always ask people to send me their media kit if they want a free product. Because mm -hmm. um, so what a media kit has it, it's got your statistics, it's got the demographics of who follows you, it's got... Um, your engagement stats and details about you. And then I also ask for ideas on what you can do for us as well, which I know this sounds like a lot of work, but in reality, if I'm giving, like my perspective is if I'm giving someone a free product, we need to get something back from it as well. And 
that's yeah. the easiest way for me to figure that out. Because if I'm going through 20 emails a day, that's so much time. So that's just well, the easiest way. Well, it has to way. be like mutually beneficial, I think. Um, you know, I, I also on the other, like on the flip side, as an influencer, I get sometimes 10 or 20 emails a day from these like influencer agencies and brands and and different things. And um, I can see in my email, like preview, if it just says, hey there, or hey, wear wag repeat, or hey, tea mystic, then I know that they've just used some kind of automated program. And they didn't even say like, hey, Tori in the email. <laughs> um, I immediately delete it. I don't even open it. And if they put like a money signal, like a like a dollar sign in the subject line, I also immediately delete it because um, that's just not the vibe. Like I want to work with brands who are who are partners who share my values. I have, you know, a lot of things that are important to me, like supporting women owned brands and brands that um, support social change and things like that. So I'm not just like chasing dollar signs. So so I immediately delete those ones as well. <laughs> Some really good points there, because like you have both said, do your homework, like figure out if this brand's a good fit for you. And if you're a good fit for the brand, show how you can actually add value to whatever they're doing, because it does have to be a fair exchange of value because they're going to give you something in return and you're going to have to give them something in return. And, you know, you think about whether you want to be associated with the brand, like Tori, you said earlier, find those brands that you're already using and that you love, as opposed to trying to find this out there car wash company that you've never heard of that yeah. has nothing to do with your pet brand that yeah All like stand up paddleboard companies that keep pitching us as yeah well. like if it's got nothing to do with what you do and your like your lifestyle or your your pet's social media account like it's not going to come across as authentic it's not going to make much sense to the audience it's not going to really take off so you got to do some thinking about it and um be a bit strategic about it yeah and if you can you know, kind of think like long term. Um, if you can work with brands for like a long, a long period, like one of the brands that I work is work with is Barefoot Wine. I don't know if you have that in Australia, um, but it's a it's a wine that's pretty popular. Wine brand that's pretty popular here. It's very affordable. Um, but I would never think like, oh, my dog mom account should partner with a, with a wine brand. But then when I got to know them, um, they are really supportive of LGBTQ causes. Um, they did a lot of stuff around black lives matter this summer. Um, they're just like all about joy and fun and acceptance and kindness. And like, those are all the things I'm about. And, um, we've ended up working together for two years on posts every single month. So, um, so you never know, you know, you can kind of have an open mind, but what it comes down to is like the values I think of the brand and, um, and having it be mutually beneficial. And also probably the relationship that you develop is you develop relationships with people in the brand as well. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been really lucky to work with some brands where I feel comfortable calling up their team and their team sometimes talks of me as if I'm a part of their actual team that works for them, So, which is really lovely. So I think it's just developing that long-term relationship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So I wanted to shift a little bit gears a little bit again. So um, I wanted to talk. I want to talk about mindset around social media. So we're recording this in August 2020. Like we said, we're in lockdown. A lot of us have been super bored sometimes, and the stats <laughs> from the likes of Facebook and other social media companies is that so- social media use has just skyrocketed. What are your recommendations around how we can have a healthy relationship with using our social media? Well, it's tough because I get sucked into it too. And I was just listening to another podcast the other day, and they were talking about how scrolling on social media is kind of a way of avoiding the stress of our day-to-day lives because even though like maybe we're bored and we're on lockdown yeah this year has been so stressful and so a lot of times we can just think of this like mindless scrolling through social media as kind of an escape and we don't have to think about you know anything else that's going on in the world or um you know or anything really. Um, But the problem is it can kind of suck you in. And then you can start to do that horrible comparison thing and, and start looking, oh, well, why did they get more likes than I did? And oh, look at this photo. It's so much better than my photo. And um, that I think that happens more when you're mindlessly scrolling. If you log into social media, with like a mission in mind, which is what I would recommend you do. (laughs) Um, I have like a little workflow that I follow, not every day, but if I know I am very busy that day or um, I catch myself doing a mindless scroll, I'll go back to this like little to-do list that I have, which is, you know, go and interact on six different hashtags and leave comments on three photos in that hashtag. Go and reply to 10 different Instagram stories from, you know, like one story from 10 different accounts. And I'll I'll have this like little to-do list that's like actions that I can take that are actually going to have a positive impact on my account rather than just mindless scrolling. Um, Another thing you can do, which uh, I have on my phone, is time limits in my apps. So um, like on TikTok, I I have to put in a password if I'm on for longer than one hour. Um, Within your phone, you can also set um, app limits. So I think like social media apps as a whole category, I have some kind of time limit on those. So at some point in the day, they'll all kind of gray out and I have to hit like a couple extra buttons to get back into them. Um, and, and that that can be a huge like mental health saver. Yeah, a lot of members in our community also use social media to record the cat's progress with cat explorer, with cat exploring or clicker training or some other form of enrichment. So a few have reached out to us and said they're concerned that they always feel like they have to get that content to show how they're going with these activities and it can be a little bit obsessive. Now, what are your recommendations for not always feeling like you're on this hamster wheel that you need to capture and post everything all the time? Yeah, so I wouldn't be so strict with yourself and, you know, I think that definitely your followers want to see your progress and they want to see what you're doing and they want to relate to you about that. But you can't you can't be like a slave to your Instagram account and to your followers. So I would, you know, post what your cat is up to if you're working on clicker training or a new trick or, you know, some kind of new um, comfort level with exploring or getting used to a leash or whatever it is you know, post about it naturally, but then maybe once a month or once every few weeks 
or whatever, you do a little carousel post that shows like, here's where we are now. Here's where we were last week. Here's where we were the week before. And here's where we started back at the before we even did any of this. Um, And so like once a month or so, you could you could just kind of show a little timeline carousel and show people the progress that way. That's a good idea. And I think from my point of view, just do what feels comfortable and right. I mean, it, there are those, you know, urges to and pressure to post every day and to, to really do, uh, give in to all those requests and stuff. But you've got to make it feel like it's fun for yourself that it's because these, these sort of enrichment activities are ideally meant to be fun and meant to be designed to give your cat a bit more of a stimulus and enrich their lives. So you don't want to sort of be a slave to that, like you said, and really find that it's a tedious chore because that's not um, a great outcome. Right. And and also like consider your cat. You know, if your cat isn't learning this skill so quickly, it's okay. <laughs> Um, you know, cause it's, it's supposed to be fun. That's the whole point of it all. So, um, don't compare yourself to another account that's maybe, um, that, you know, their, their cat exploring skills are progressing faster than yours. Um, never, ever judge yourself in that way because it's just not fair. You know, maybe your cat just learns differently or doesn't want to do that at that moment. <laughs> you can't really control that. So, Tori, we're coming up towards the end of the podcast, but before we let you go, we're going to ask you our final four questions, with the first one being, what is one piece of advice you would give to someone who's new to the wonderful world of pets and social media? I would say um, to leave a lot of comments. That That's my like number one tip, and leave a lot of really nice comments, because I think that if we can all just like raise the level of kindness and niceness and love on the internet like that's what our pets are here for and um if we all keep amplifying that then maybe we can create more love and kindness around the world that's what we really need right now as well Mm -hmm. what's been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you about pets on social media (laughs) you know i i got a preview of these questions for everyone listening I don't, I don't know if I have like a specific comment about pets and social media, but I do have a, just a funny story that I think is perfect for your show. So one of my friends who's a, a dog blogger who we've known through dog blogging for years, and we've met in person like a few times, um, but we're, we don't really know each other that well, just through dog blogging. <laughs> she sent me a DM a couple of years ago, which I'll never forget. She had a dream the night before that she was over at my house and and she came in and I was like, Carol, I I need to show you something in my basement, but you cannot tell anyone. I'm so ashamed. No one can know this. And I took her down in my basement and it was like all cats. <laughs> it was all cat everything and like all these like cat decorations and cat things and and I was like oh my god my the dog people are gonna think I'm a fraud (laughs) (laughs) and it, it was so funny because like this wasn't even me having this dream it was my friend having it and I just when she she and then she went to the trouble to dm me the story and I'll never forget that <laughs> and you from memory you've had cats before as well 
Well, I had cats growing up. Yeah. Like for you, we didn't get a dog until I was 16 and we had cats that, that whole first 16 years of my life. So yeah. Yeah. So who in the social media space inspires you? Um, you know, I think people who are doing this like button training with their pets. Have you seen this where I don't know if cats are doing it, but dogs are doing it. The colored buttons, right? Yes. Where they hit the button and the button says like, I want to go to the park. I want a snack. I love you or whatever. Um, I don't know. I can't like call out anyone's name in particular, but the people who are doing that is really inspiring. What product, service, or program has been a game changer for you in the social media space? I would have to say Planoly. Um, that has been so useful to me. And just as it has kind of evolved over the years and um, being able to plan things out, whenever I plan out my posts, I think they're so much better <laughs> than when I just do it on the fly. I mean, I do do it on the fly sometimes. Um because, you know, it's nice to be flexible and not have it be too rigid. But um, when I do plan things out on Planoly, uh, I feel just a lot more calm in my life. (laughs) I I totally feel you there. Um, And talking about programs, you have a program that people might find useful. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for remembering. Um, So I have an online course that's called Instagram Strategy for the Pet Obsessed, aka Inspo. And um, it's an online course that is very comprehensive and all about Instagram, specifically for pet accounts. So I created this course because I, I didn't really see anything like it out there. And I think posting on social media, specifically Instagram, about your pets is just unique and different than posting about a business or posting about um, recipes or, or the different other things that people post about. Um, you know, there's some some unique advantages and different things that pet people can do. So I created this course. And if you're kind of new to Instagram or you want to grow your Instagram or you want to learn how to be an influencer or work with influencers, it's all included in this course. Um, and if you just go to my website, which is wherewagrepeat.com, you'll see there's a, a tab for courses and um, you can learn about it in there. Awesome. So Tori, thank you so much for chatting to us all about social media today. Where else can we find you online? So I have two Instagram accounts. My my influencer dog mom one is at T Mystic. That's T M I S T I C K. And then my um, other account where I where I share my podcasts and my online courses and that kind of stuff is at Where Wag Repeat. So that everyone can find those links, we'll put all of those and a summary of today's conversation in the show notes. Just go to the episode description on your podcast app and the link will be there. We'd love to hear what you found helpful in this episode. Perhaps you're going to try out some of the ideas Tori shared. Just share them on social media. Tag us at catexplorer.community and Tori at Team Mystic. This is the last episode for season eight of the Cat Explorer podcast. Wow, what a season. We're aiming to be back in your ears with season nine in March 2021. We've already recorded several episodes and I can't wait for you to hear them. We're covering things like adopting a cat while you're overseas, how to go cat exploring by yourself, and rescuing cats in trees, and so much more. If you'd like to support Season 9 of the Cat Explorer podcast, you can join up as a Cat Explorer producer. There are three different tiers which come with several fun benefits. 
Just go to catexplorer.co forward slash producers to find out more. Thank you so much for listening today. That's it for today. Until next time, enjoy giving your kitty the world. Bye.